there. You are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. Hosted by functional medicine physician, Dr. Nicole Rivera and functional medicine nutritionist, Brooke Scheller. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. I am Dr. Nicole Rivera and I am here with our clinical nutritionist Brooke Scheller at Integrative Wellness Group. Uh, So today we're going to be diving into some information about leaky gut. I feel like this has been the hot topic over the course of the past year and I hear many people being diagnosed with leaky gut left and right, but in addition, I also hear about people being on this very, very long journey of healing their leaky gut. Um, And it kind of has... And when I get this information, I kind of take a step back in order to try to understand why it's taking so long um, because I do feel like with the course of action that we use in our practice um, here at Integrative Wellness Group, you know, really understanding the full picture of someone's gastrointestinal system really gets them on a path of healing, which can be pretty fast. You know, I think it's safe to say that we're getting results in anywhere between, you know, four to, to eight weeks from a gastrointestinal standpoint. So Brooke and I want to kind of dive in and go through some of the things that you might not understand that is contributing to your leaky gut. Yeah, and I think it's it's pretty interesting because with functional medicine, one of the big things is looking for the root cause. And I think that there are layers of causes. It's almost like an onion. So when you're kind of peeling back through people's symptoms, what they're experiencing, and then running labs, you have kind of several different things that are going on. So while leaky gut may be part of the picture, there may be some other different things that are maybe contributing to the leaky gut or, or maybe making um, you know, those symptoms of leaky gut worse. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting because you know, it's, it's a, a really hot topic now, especially in this functional medicine world that we're in. And it's almost like we see a shiny thing and we want to grab it because it's like, oh, well, that seems to answer all of my questions. You know, it seems to, to describe why I have food allergies or describe why I have digestive complaints or maybe was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. But we look a little bit deeper even below that to understand, okay, well, if leaky gut is occurring, because it's not that it's not really happening, it's more of why is that an issue. And I think that really hits the nail on the head because leaky gut has become a diagnosis. And I think that it's more of a symptom of what your true diagnosis is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important for people to take away is leaky gut is not necessarily uh, existing on its own. It is existing because of underlying infections that exist in your gastrointestinal system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, like Dr. Nicole mentioned, if you are someone who had been diagnosed with leaky gut and you've been using supplements and herbs and dietary modifications, and maybe you're getting partially better, you're feeling a little bit better, but you're not fully getting everything under control, especially if there's an autoimmune condition present, um, then there may be other things going on to look for. Definitely. So let's jump into what some of those other things may be. We kind of alluded to, obviously, changes in the gastrointestinal system. So let's talk about different bugs or things that might be in there. Definitely. 
Um, I would say the biggest things that are associated with um, the, the leaky gut is going to be a combination of parasite infections, which really can exist in any part of the gastrointestinal system. It could be the stomach, it could be the small intestine, it could be the large intestine, uh, bacterial overgrowths. Um, bacteria, unfortunately, is so common. You know, most food that we are eating is has bacteria on it. And unfortunately, we live in a world nowadays that our immune systems are not working as best as they used to. And it's partially because of all the toxins we get exposed to and all the pesticides on our food and heavy metals that we're or getting exposed to even through our personal products. So with our immune systems not working optimally, we are getting exposed to bacteria through food and it's getting into our systems and our body's not fighting it off. So it's getting into our system and it's hanging out because in reality, our gastrointestinal system is the perfect environment for any anything from bacteria to parasites and even uh, yeast overgrowth. And the yeast thing, and there's a big thing about candida as well, and we did do a podcast diving deeper into that. But with candida, that's really not the only yeast that exists. There's plenty of other yeasts. There's also issues with mold, which is also in that same world of fungus. Yeast and mold fall under that category. And this is something that we do find colonizing in people's gastrointestinal systems as well. So when, it, when you talk about mold, it's definitely can be environmental exposures, but also there's a lot of mold on food we eat. And people don't necessarily realize that. So if you're eating a diet that's very high in um, different types of fruits that are processed, so I'm not going to necessarily say fresh fruit, but um, dried fruits as well as fruits, say, at the bottom of your yogurts, those are higher in mold content. And then you also have a lot of your grains, quinoas, rices, uh, even like lentils. A lot of those are going to have high levels of mold as well. So these are all things to take into consideration and you can do testing for this. And this is something that I want to dive into because this is where it gets a little tricky and you have to be working with a physician that understands how difficult it can be to get a diagnosis for these different things like parasites, mold, yeast, bacteria, because unfortunately the testing available is limited. So when we're talking about things in the stomach, the only thing that really exists is testing for something called H. pylori, which is one bacteria. There is a lot of different things that could be happening in your stomach. And think about how many people are dealing with GERD and indigestion and, and different types of reflux symptoms. And then we have the small intestine. The only thing that exists is a breath test for bacteria. And then we deal with the large intestine, which it's a little bit more readily available to get better testing. You can test for yeast, you can test for bacteria, you can also test for parasites. But for the longest time, you know, I think we learned from experience in our own practice is that parasites are really hard to diagnose because if you're doing a stool sample 20 minutes after you have that bowel movement, most of the parasites in your stool are going to self-destruct. So by the time your sample actually reaches the lab, they pretty much deem you to be cleared of parasites. Well, and the other thing with that, actually, it's interesting that we're having this conversation because last night, as part of a paper that I'm doing, I was researching the difficulty in diagnosing parasites in stool. And um, you do need to look at multiple days of samples. So the higher the amount of days of samples that you're looking at, the more likely the odds are that you're going to catch something. So even a three-day sample, which is kind of like the standard that we use, is still not that easily 
um, it's still not that easy to catch them in the stool. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that they've been discussing, <clears throat> excuse me, that the actual amount of people who are qualified to do the microscopic examination is lower as kind of the baby boomers are getting older. There's not as many people that are trained in this area. And so they're finding that it's more difficult to find people who are actually looking at the samples in a proper way. Yeah. Um, the last thing, like you mentioned, is if they're not looking within 30 to 60 minutes of the actual sample being taken, which unless you've got somebody with on a lab mm -hmm. on staff who's looking at that, you're not going to find it. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. In fact, when we look at stool analysis, um, I would say maybe 10% of the time we actually see the parasitology come up positive and we see it for um, only a, a couple of different types of parasites, so not a really wide variety. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we really, you know, we came about this information and we started uh, really researching the, you know, the efficacy of the parasite testing available and the reason being is, you know, I was working with a child who was having gastrointestinal issues but also having really tremendous sensory issues. So it was very difficult to administer supplements and herbs, so we had to be very strategic. So mom decided that she was going to use um, a suppository for uh, detoxification. And uh, amongst, you know, one of the days she was administering the suppository, she came back and said, I saw a worm, um, which ended up being pinworm. And we ran a, a very specific type of stool sample for parasites. This lab was supposed to be the best for diagnosing parasites. And it came up clear. And then she's like, well, I saw another worm. She's like, and that really got me thinking there's major limitations with the testing available. So this is one of the reasons why we decided to bring uh, someone on staff that does something called autonomic response testing, which actually uses a type of kinesiology that goes through and is accurately diagnosing what is burrowed within the system. But it's also looking at the stomach the small intestine and the actual large intestine. So we're getting a clear picture of what is going on in these places that the testing is very limited for. So this is allowing us to get really, really specific, but then also we're using you know laser treatment on certain parts of the intestines. We're also then giving them the proper supplements because that's one of the best things about uh, the autonomic response testing is Dr. Nick is actually going through and then testing for the most appropriate supplements for those infections. And what I find so interesting is that, you know, there's hundreds of antiparasitics out there. And I know there's a lot of doctors that, you know, have these custom antiparasitic protocols and you could just order them online. And if you embark on taking certain supplements to kill certain infections or, or doing certain protocols and you're feeling really, really terribly, it's not necessarily you're detoxing. Sometimes it's just what you're taking is not right for your body. So that is something that we are very specific on and we're able to get clarity on what type of supplements and herbs are actually going to kill off the organisms in your body. So you actually feel great going through the process and don't feel terrible. And I, I want to make a disclaimer about parasites because you might be listening and thinking like, well, I've never been to a third world country. I've never gotten sick when I was traveling or anything like that. But the, the world that we live in today, especially the, the meat industry, there's a lot of um, foul practices that are, are being used. And if you've ever eaten meat that was undercooked, rare, medium rare, medium, or you've ever eaten sushi, the odds are high that you have been exposed to something. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you would have major symptoms. 
Although if you are experiencing things like loose bowel movements or seeing undigested food in the stool, if you're grinding your teeth at night, which is a silly symptom but is correlated, or even if you're having hives or rashes on your skin, um, if you couple that with other symptoms like leaky gut, symptoms like food allergies or autoimmune conditions, then you know the odds may be there that there is some type of parasitic infection. Definitely. Um, and, and also with parasite infections, they really hijack your mood. And if you find yourself going through highs and lows through the month of, you know, really just finding that your moods are very unstable um, or you're blaming it on hormones as a female um, or you're also noticing that your moods get worse um, or your digestion gets worse around a full moon, those are all actually signs and symptoms of parasite infections. And again, this is not major focus on parasites being correlated with leaky gut because it's usually not only going to be parasites. Again, there can be bacteria, there can be yeast. Um, there are a lot of different infections, unfortunately, that can coexist within our gastrointestinal systems. But you have to understand that our gastrointestinal systems are warm and cozy and there are lots of things to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so these types of organisms get into our systems and they don't really want to leave. Um, and this is very important to understand because if you are doing a leaky gut protocol that is strictly based off of healing tissue, so maybe you're taking things like L-glutamine or you're taking glandulars or you're taking collagen or powder probiotics. or probiotics, and then you're changing your diet maybe to the GAPS diet and you're trying to like heal your gut through food and you are not necessarily finding progress, it's because these organisms are still there and they're actually eating most of the nutrients that you're, you're giving to them. Mm -hmm. So you really have to understand that these organisms are not leaving unless you kill them off through very, very specific supplementation. So you can change your diet all you want. You will hit a plateau. Mm -hmm. it, it's not that you maybe will hit a plateau. You will hit a plateau. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about some of those key uh, leaky gut symptoms like the food sensitivities or the autoimmune conditions. And let's kind of debunk how some of those may be connected to other things that are going on. Yeah, so when it comes to the food allergies, and this is so interesting because this was taught to me in school in a very specific way. It was taught to me that um, if you see elevated eosinophils on someone's blood, that it's either going to be parasite infections or allergies. And it was kind of based off of the range. And I thought that for a very long time. And then what I realized is... The only reason you develop eosinophilia, which is elevated eosinophils, is because you have parasites. So the parasite infections are completely cor correlated to the elevation of the eosinophils, which then creates the cascade of the food allergies. So it's not either or, it's they coexist. So that is definitely something to understand is if you are dealing with major food allergies, Yes, there is an immune response that's happening, but the immune response is happening because of infections that exist in your gastrointestinal system. And most of the time it is parasite related, but again, this can be bacterial related, it can be fungal related, um, or it could be a combination of all three. Yeah, and then I think one of the really big ones that stands out to me is autoimmune conditions. And there's been a lot of research that's come out over the past couple of years that says, yes, there is this correlation between leaky gut 
and the development of autoimmune conditions. And while that might be true, I want to talk about how maybe some of these other infections are maybe more of the driving factor in that. Yeah. Well, for a very long time, um, I was under the same impression that you develop leaky gut and then particles from, you know, food or different things that you're consuming escape from your gut. They get into your bloodstream. Your immune system then attacks that food particle and creates a memory. And sometimes the protein structure of that food protein can look similar to an organ. And that is what starts to trigger the cascade for these food allergies. But the more and more research that I've done, but also at the same time, the the type of testing that we do within our office validates this as well, is the only reason the immune system is attacking in an area of the body, an organ, a specific tissue is because there's an infection that is burrowed in that tissue. And what I find so interesting, and we did a whole podcast on this as well, is the people that we see that have lupus or have mixed connective tissue disorders, these are the people that are also positive for Lyme's disease. So Lyme's disease, um, the bacteria associated with Lyme called Borrelia, is known to burrow in connective tissue, which is one of the reasons why people have joint pain. So if you have this infection in your connective tissue, it makes perfect sense as to why your immune system is going to the connective tissue to fight that infection. But unfortunately, it is going to damage your connective tissue in the meantime. And this is happening all the time. And think about Hashimoto's. Brooke and I work with so many women dealing with Hashimoto's. And a lot of women get diagnosed with hypothyroid and don't even know that they actually have Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition. So this is something that we did a podcast on as well. And really get that clarity if you don't have it. But if you think about the proximity of your thyroid, which is, you know, in your throat, really next next to your Adam's apple, If you think about the proximity of that to your tonsils and how many of us have dealt with some level of sore throats, if it's strep or not, um, this is such a huge connection that we find that so many women are walking around with strep that's burrowed in their thyroid glands, and it's because it's also burrowed in their tonsils. And don't get me wrong, there's other infections that can exist within the thyroid, but this is really, really, really common. So if the infection is there, a lot of infections like to live together. So then naturally other infections you get exposed to will kind of gravitate towards the thyroid. And now your immune system is like, what the heck is going on? And it's trying to fight off these infections in your thyroid. So this is something that is really important to understand about autoimmunity. This is not about a confusion. This is not about, you know, leaky gut. This is about infections being burrowed in different parts of your body. The other thing you need to understand is you might be saying, why did my doctor never tell me this? Why have I not been screened for this? You, most people do not get clarity around these different diagnoses because you're not going to an infectious disease doctor. But I always say to people when they're very confused as to why this hasn't been found or why they haven't had direction on this. And I say, 
The only reason you would have visited an infectious disease doctor is if you had maybe chronic diarrhea that, you know, was lasting anywhere between three to four weeks and nobody could figure out what's wrong with you. Or maybe you had, you know, this crazy rash all over your body because you went, you know, abroad and nobody can figure out what's wrong with you. Um, I was like, most of the time we're not going to an infectious disease doctor unless it's, you know, something that's a big, big mystery. But a lot of physicians are not trained on understanding how infections are such a major cause of so many of these things that we get diagnosed with. Again, autoimmune conditions, even IBS, uh, leaky gut. <laughs> so, uh, so there is a huge connection there. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy too because you, when you start to think of it in that in that light, it makes so much more sense than just to say. We have no idea why the body's just all of a sudden attacking the thyroid, all of a sudden attacking the connective tissue or the liver or whatever the autoimmune condition might be. It makes a heck of a lot more sense that there's something in that area of the body that's that's being fought off. Well, and I also say autoimmune conditions are a thing of the past, you know, what, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Everybody has autoimmune conditions left and right nowadays. And why? Why Why did this not exist 20, 30 years ago? Mm-hmm. And it's because our food industry has changed so much. We are exposed to so much crap that we don't even realize. You mentioned, you know, the, the practices of the farming industry. And, you know, we, we keep hearing, oh, antibiotic-free chicken, antibiotic-free. And, okay, well, why are these animals getting antibiotics? Because they're sick, because they have bacteria, because they have different infections. So these infections are being transferred to us. If you've ever had a hospital visit, unfortunately, you're going to be exposed to infections there. You mentioned sushi, you know, even the practices of of fish. So we are exposed to things all the time and we don't realize it. All we know is we're progressively feeling worse. So don't necessarily sit back and say, this can't be me. This isn't possible because it is possible. And it's really just getting the clarity, and you will definitely see most of your symptoms resolve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and jumping back to the topic of leaky gut, you know, the biggest thing to understand with any type of condition that you're experiencing is there's so much that that a lot of times is, is under stones that haven't been turned. And so you really have to dig a little bit deeper. So while leaky gut kind of seems like, oh, wow, you know, we're getting to that root cause, we still question, well, what is the root cause of the leaky gut in the first place? If you've been trying to address that and you feel like you're hitting a plateau, then there may be, you know, other things going on a little bit deeper. So if you are that person that has been on your journey to heal your leaky gut and it's been taking months upon months and or even years, um, you really have to kind of understand that there might be something going on that has been missed. And again, really being able to go back to the, the segment of this talk of, of really understanding how difficult it can be to actually diagnose these infections in the gastrointestinal system. And the physician you're working with or the, the nutritionist or whoever you're working with may not have that full understanding because don't get me wrong, it's been a huge learning curve for us as well. And these things are, are happening and they're common. And once you have the clear picture, you should be recovering from these symptoms, honestly, within a few weeks. So, um, so definitely it's just use this podcast to empower you, ask more questions, 
Um, and then obviously you have the opportunity to give us a call. We do free 15 minute strategy calls. If you know you do need a little bit more information or you're curious about some of the testing that may have not been done that we can provide for you. So definitely take us up on that opportunity. Yeah, if you head over to integrativewellnessgroup.com, you can schedule a free strategy call right on the homepage with one of our wellness coordinators and they can get you set up with all the information that you need to dive a little bit deeper and learn a little bit more about yourself because it's always great to, to know and to understand. So we look forward to speaking with you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye.